Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. Today, you're going to hear a story, an amazing story about how food moved from being just something to eat to being considered the most powerful medicine on earth. We'll be seeing that story through the eyes of someone who not only watched it happen, but also helped make it happen. Our guest is Dr. John McDougall, and his personal and professional story parallels the food story in some rather profound ways. Dr. McDougall, welcome to Healthy by Choice. Well, thank you very much. Good to be here again. Yes, yes indeed. You recently testified before the California legislature concerning food, and I've got a clip of that presentation, which we'll play a little later. But the road to that moment was laid a very long time ago. Take us back to when you were in medical school. Where was food then, and where did your curious and scientific mind take you through the years? Oh, boy, that, you know, you're asking for two or three stories here, but I'll try and <laughs> tell them, and I'll try and put it together so it makes a little sense to your listeners. Okay. I was trained in the late 60s, uh, early 70s in uh, Michigan, Michigan State University uh-huh. at their medical school. Then I went to uh, Hawaii back in 1972, did my internship, 73 through 76. I was a sugar plantation doctor where I had a chance to see first, second, third, and fourth generation Filipinos, Japanese, Chinese, and Koreans. Uh-huh and uh, watch their health. I was their doctor, and what I saw was my first-generation patients who were living on rice and vegetables, no dairy, very little meat, were always trim, never had prostate, breast, colon cancer, never had rheumatoid arthritis, never had heart disease, rarely had strokes, uh, maybe when they got really old. They got into their 80s and 90s, were fully functional. Now, their kids, the kids of these immigrants started eating richer foods and started getting fatter and sicker, and then the grandkids were just as fat and sick as everybody else. So that inspired my interest in nutrition. I went back, became an internist, and uh, self-studied about human nutrition. There's a lot written about it, but it's just not taught in medical school. It wasn't then, and that was 40 years ago. Isn't now. Hmm. Students do not, do not, believe it or not, do not learn what a human being is supposed to eat. It's, a, it's about the silliest thing in the world. It's like a, a veterinarian going to vet school and not learning what a dog or a cat or a bird eats. <laughs> it's, just, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Well, I had this corner on nutrition when I started studying about food, and I became a board-certified internist. And I have spent the last 38 years focusing my practice on nutrition. Well, it has been a frustrating road, to say the least, to see all these sick people. And believe me, 80 at least 80% of your friends and relatives around you, look around you right now, mm-hmm. they're sick because of food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Food poisoning is what it is from the rich Western diet. They're eating like kings and queens, and they're dying. I mean, we're not talking about uh, about just some little irritation of your tiny toe. We're talking about your, your husband dying of a heart attack, your wife dying of breast cancer, your children dying of diabetes. We're talking about a major catastrophe in public health and in personal lives. And doctors know absolutely nothing, 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 nothing about food. In fact, 
Many of them are on the paleo diet or the recommending Atkins diet or the Believing Time magazine and Wall Street Journal articles that it's okay to eat eggs and butter and cheese. And believe me, these huckster article writers can fool medical doctors because they know nothing, nothing. I can't repeat myself anymore. They know (laughs) nothing about human nutrition. Well, about um, just to, you know, kind of tell the story, I've been practicing food medicine for 38 years. I've taken care of almost 10,000 patients, uh, had them cure severe rheumatoid arthritis, obesity, constipation, heart disease, and so on. These are all easily curable. Stop the food poisoning, the problems go away. It really is that simple. But anyway, I got frustrated about uh, in 2011, I went to, uh, to Sacramento in California to the legislature, and I uh, sat down with Senator Rodney Wright from Los Angeles and his group, and I said, hey, let's write a law that forces doctors to learn about human nutrition. So uh, I gave them a draft, and they liked it, and then we had a Senate hearing in April of 2011, and the senator said, this is not going to pass. The reason it's not going to pass is because we don't want to force doctors to do anything. You know, doctors are told to do enough stuff. We don't want to tell our doctors to learn what human beings eat. (laughs) Well, anyways, after the Senate meeting, they turned their minds around, and subsequently the bill called SB 380 was unanimously passed by both the minor and the major house in Sacramento. Unanimously passed. Then it was signed uh, September 11th by Governor Jerry Brown. So we have a law in California that forces, absolutely insists, that doctors in California learn about human nutrition Signed by Governor Jerry Brown, September 11, 2011. All right, well, that's cool, except for one problem, is that is the legislature gave the job to enforce this law to the California Medical Board, taking all the wind out of the law. What it's ended up as, the Cal- this is three years this has been going on, and I've been fighting them and testifying and all kinds of things. You're going to play one of the testimonies. Right. Is the California Medical Board now to enforce Governor Jerry Brown's law that forces doctors to learn about nutrition, that should force the 11 medical schools in California to teach nutrition. What it's turned out is the California Medical Board now puts a paragraph or two in their newsletter about food, and that's how they satisfy the law. It's unbelievable what happened. I've tried to stop it. I've had some help trying to stop it, like Wayne Dysinger from Loma Linda and a few other doctors, but plain and simple, Plain and simple, uh, we're not going to stop this massive epidemic which fattens a million kids in California, which costs the state of California. Since I, since uh, Governor Jerry Brown signed that law to date, it's cost like, you know, $300 billion for California. They've lost that much money because doctors don't know about nutrition. But folks, that's just the way it is. We can't change it because big business, they always win. And that's enough. Well, let's play a little bit of that clip, Dr. McDougal. Set this up for us. This is before the uh, Medical Board of California. Is that right? That's correct. That was in January 2014. The Medical Board of California had their final meeting to enact the law that Senator, or excuse me, Governor Jerry Brown signed September 2011. And actually what they did is they just took all the teeth out of the law and decided to put two paragraphs in their newsletter a year that says doctors ought to learn about food, whereas it could have changed all of history. But they didn't, and this is what I said in response to their weakening the law and making it actually totally ineffective. All right, let's listen to that. Here's Dr. John McDougall before the Medical Board of California back in January. Let's listen. My name is uh, Dr. John McDougall. I'm a board-certified internist, an assistant clinical professor at uh, Turo Medical School, as well as Oregon Health Science University, and I'm uh, 
one of the authors of SB 380. Uh, this bill was signed into law in September of 2011. Two and a half years have passed since the bill was signed into law. In that period of time, the state of California has spent, uh, I would estimate, $237 billion on dietary diseases, about uh, $60 billion on diabetes, which is caused by diet, and about $50 billion on heart disease, which is caused by diet. These are dietary diseases that could be effectively treated if physicians understood the implications of the cause of diet and also diet therapy. But that is not the case. Doctors are not taught about diet therapy. They're not taught in any practical manner or any manner that translates into better health about the cause and treatment of dietary disease. Not only is this a financial implication, but since this law was signed into law, hundreds of thousands of children have become overweight and obese, and this could be prevented. The gatekeeper is the physician. The physician needs to know about diet. That is the intention and the letter of SB 380. The current proposal to just provide some education in a newsletter is inadequate. It will not accomplish what needs to be done in the state of California to protect the healthcare consumer, which is all of our jobs, physicians, as well as the Medical Board of California. Proposals that have been made that I would like to have seriously considered, reconsidered, whatever else is necessary, is to require continuing medical education. This is not something new. Continuing medical education has been required in the past for other things. We need to get the 11 medical schools involved in this and all the other doctors. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. All right, Dr. McDougall, we've heard what you said. Time is passing by. Any response, any changes that you see coming around? No, not that I can see. I think the legislature of California, they made an effort to make things right. Uh, the California Medical Board missed an opportunity. Uh, Wayne Dysinger from Loma Linda University happened to testify at the same meeting, said the same thing. Is the Medical Board missed an opportunity? People are dying as a result of dietary diseases. Doctors look totally ineffective. I mean, you can imagine how silly your doctor looks handing out a, a bag full of pills to people with dietary diseases. Now, patients think they're, 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 there's no hope. Well, there is no hope, and the doctors have no opportunity because somehow or another, I don't know, I don't think it's just by happenstance, uh, because of the food industry, uh, because of the medical business industry, there's no interest in curing people's problems. There's an interest in selling blood pressure pills and diabetic pills and selling heart surgeries and cancer treatments. And, and I don't want you to think that this is a conspiracy. This is just how business works. I mean, that's where the money is. It's not like somebody's trying to hurt you. And I can prove that because you think about it, your heart surgeon is uh, uh, having his prostate removed and uh, your breast cancer surgeon is having her uterus removed and she's on diabetic pills. It's not like these doctors are hiding something from you just trying to hurt you and your family. It's just a matter of money drives the information and nothing can stop it. So as a result, we have a situation where Americans and other parts of the world, now China and India, all over the Western world, people are suffering from food poisoning. And this food poisoning is making them fat, giving them diabetes, taking their vision away, killing them with breast, colon, and prostate cancer, killing them with blockages in their arteries. And, you know, it, plain and simple, too few people have stopped to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. McDougall, let's play the devil's advocate here. We are a medical school, you and I, we're a medical school, and we've been doing it the old way all along. 
from what I've talked to people, what I've talked to medical schools about this, to make the switch from what they're teaching now to what they should be teaching is not just simply, okay, let's, let's teach differently. Let's get some new textbooks in here. It takes a complete rearrangement of the entire faculty, the entire goals of the school, the entire, even the visual aids that they have up in the classroom has to be changed. That's not easy to do, and it would cost millions. Well, it would cost, you know, one millionth as much as it's costing to pay for heart surgery. That's true. That's true. They won't do it because, you know, things things are just stupid slow to change, and your professors in your medical schools don't want to give up their bacon and cheese sandwiches and mm. you know they're too busy making money doing the other things and it, it just doesn't fit the economics that's why they're not doing it. it's wrong uh whether or not we'll ever make it right i don't know mm. i mean if we had a major epidemic of some virus that came through the state of california that was killing 80 percent of the people which these dietary yeah. diseases are they're they're disabling and killing 80 percent of the people if a virus came through the state that was doing that don't you think we'd launch some type of effort but we have that kind of epidemic. It's going on. It's called the chronic disease epidemic. Yeah, well, it's food poisoning. Yeah, this yeah. is food poisoning. Now I, now, I have to add to your listeners right now, there's a simple solution to food poisoning. You stop the meat, the dairy, the fish, the olive oil, and what you do is you replace it with man's traditional diet. You replace it with rice and corn and potatoes. And there are people in your audience who are old enough and wise enough and well enough educated to understand that throughout all of human history, the human diet has been based on starch, mm-hmm. like potatoes in South America, and like rice in Asia, and like corn for the Native American, and the Aztecs and the Mayans. People have lived on starch with fruits and vegetables, and meat and dairy has been a minor part of their diet, except for the kings and queens of various societies. When people got rich, then they, they started eating the pigs and the cows and the chickens, and then they get fat and gout and heart disease and diabetes, just like Americans. This is no mystery. You know, a, a five-year-old can understand this. I have a five-year-old grandson that understands this. Mm. You know, nobody's going to do anything because there's just too much money. There's, it's like global warming. Uh, you know, the planet is dying from global warming, and because the effects are still rather subtle, the actions are too few. Well, the public is dying from food poisoning, and because the wheels keep turning, nobody's going to do anything. But individuals out there who are tired of having rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis and horrible chest pains and so fat they can't fit in an airplane seat or, you know, suffering from horrible stomach pains on a bag full of drugs. If you and your family want to stop being sick, what you do is you change your diet to oatmeal for breakfast, which I just had, waffles and pancakes. For lunch, you have bean soup, pea soup, lentil soup. Uh, For dinner, you have uh, bean burritos without cheese and meat, Mm -hmm. spaghetti and marinara sauce. This will cut your food bill. It'll cut your food bill by a... Two-thirds, you'll, you'll spend two-thirds of the money on food, and you won't be sick anymore, and you throw your diabetic pills away and your blood pressure pills away, and everybody knows this, and you won't find a doctor in the state of California that will stand on stage with me and say anything because I would embarrass them to death <laughs> if they tried because they're so wrong and they know it. And it's disgusting, and that's the way it is. <laughs> well, very good. I love talking with Dr. John McDougall because he tells it like it is. This is a man of the 70s, I guess. Dr. John McDougall. So we'll take a short break, and when we come back, I want to find out, Dr. McDougall, what you did personally to fight this. I mean, you, you, you testified, yes, but what did you do professionally? What did you build there in California? What did you put in place there in California to help get this message across and help make sick people well, which was the goal of every physician out there? So we'll learn about that. On our return, so stay right where you are. 
that I was living a healthy lifestyle, but I was starting to uh, have a few problems that I attributed to aging. I did not consider myself obese, but I had gained 40 pounds over a period of about 25 years. My cholesterol was raising, my blood pressure was beginning to creep up, I was on medication, a series of medications for lowering my cholesterol, but the condition that affected my lifestyle the most was the osteoarthritis in my knees. I had very limited mobility and limited range of motion, constant pain, and this was affecting the interaction with my grandchildren. When I first began making changes through the CHIP program, pounds began to melt off right away. Inflammation and other symptoms of my osteoarthritis in my knees just disappeared. I was able to eliminate medication that I was taking for cholesterol. I felt so much better, had so much energy, and I truly believe I was healthier than I was in my 40s. CHIP has given me a second chance for an active life and a long life. I'm really looking forward to being an active part of my grandchildren's lives as they grow, and I've chosen to be healthy for the rest of my life. Are you ready to be healthy for the rest of your life? Visit chiphealth.com to begin your journey. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. We're here with Dr. John McDougall. By the way, his latest book, The Starts Solution, is out. I would recommend this book strongly to you. It is talking about all the things he's talking about on this program today. And Dr. McDougall, you saw the problem. The medical establishment wasn't going anywhere. The hospitals you worked for weren't going anywhere. Nothing was happening. What did you do professionally to try to get this message out? And what are you continuing to do to this day? We talked about SB 380, and I told you that I you know, helped write this bill and got it passed unanimously. I did that. I run a clinic here in Santa Rosa, California. That's it, the clinic. Tell us about the yeah, clinic. Yeah, I run a clinic. I have run inpatient clinic settings for 28 years. I used to run them at hospital uh-huh. in the Napa Valley. And that was kind of cool. For 16 years, I ran this clinic at uh, the second best heart surgery hospital in California. And I did refer some of my patients to the GI specialists there and the heart surgeons there. But I want to tell you, in 16 years... Even though I took care of, uh, I took care of about 3,000 people at St. Lena Hospital. I brought them in millions of dollars. I never, ever got a single referral from any of the other doctors in the St. Helena community. Not one single referral of one of their patients, but I did see the doctors and I saw their spouses and I saw their children. But somehow or another, they never saw any need for a dietary change for any of the patients and all the Napa Valley that they took care of. Finally, after 16 years, I said, I'm embarrassed to be with you people anymore, and I quit. Okay, so you made that show. You broke away. You went out on your own. What did you do? Again, my listeners are are thinking, Dr. McDougall, I I understand what you're saying. I believe what you're saying. What should I do if I cannot go to the hospital, if I cannot go to my doctor? What should I do? Now, you already identified changing of diets, but what else can they do for medical help? What do you do? Get out of the system. Mm. Get away from these people. Mm. And the way you get away from these people, because most of your problems are dietary diseases. Change your diet, get healthy, get off your drugs, stop being a sick person. Yes. You know, just like if you don't want to go visit the lung doctor, the pulmonologist, you quit smoking. Mm-hmm. You don't want to visit the heart surgeon, the breast cancer specialist, the prostate cancer specialist, the diabetic specialist. 
stop eating the garbage. Stop <laughs> eating the meat and the dairy and the oil. Start eating potatoes, rice, corn, and vegetables. What will happen is you and your family will get out of the system. You'll get healthy. Yeah, you still need hospitals for things like if you get an auto accident, but you wear your safety belt, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you do everything you can to stay away from the medical business. That's what you ought to do. You ought to get well. You ought to make these suckers starve to death mm-hmm. because they deserve to starve to death. The current hospital system, the drug companies, they deserve to starve to death. Not that they're intentionally trying to hurt you. It's just that they're selling a product that doesn't do what you want. People are not cured of heart disease with heart surgery. They're not cured of diabetes with diabetic pills. These problems are due to food poisoning. They can be fixed overnight by changing your diet. And a lot of people are starting to understand this. In fact, so much so that the food companies are scared to death. You you look in the uh, in the newspapers these days, the front page headline articles about how eating saturated fat, how eating butter, how eating eggs and meat are good for you. The food companies have taken a last-ditch effort to try and save their industry, and I think they're doing something else. Let me tell you what else I think they're doing. They remember about five years ago how Big Tobacco was asked to testify in front of Congress, and Big Tobacco told the American public and told Congress that tobacco was not addicting and that it was safe for people to smoke. And these executives almost went to jail as a result of that. Barely escaped going to jail. Well, I think the food executives and maybe even the hospital executives and maybe even the drug company executives, I can, I think they see their day of reckoning coming. I, I can see a day when Congress asks them to get in front of uh, the American public and tell the American public about what they did fully knowledgeable what what they've done to the American public in terms of food poisoning, in terms of pharmaceutical poisoning, in terms of uh, bypass and angiograms and angioplasty operations that were not indicated. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if a few went to jail. I think they should. I mean, they, they've killed your, your husband. Uh, they've made your children uh, uh, orphans and uh, lost their dads and moms because of simple dietary diseases that should have been fixed 40, 50 years ago. And because of big business, just like big tobacco and big alcohol, big food is someday soon going to see their judgment day in front of the public. And they, and they deserve it. Every single one. And big hospitals do, too. Now, did, let's, let's stop for a minute here, Dr. McDougall. When did they know? When did these people in the food industry and in the medical industry, when did, they, when did the light come on saying, whoa, we're killing people? Oh, listen, you go back to Senator George McGovern, okay, the uh-huh. Dietary Goals of the United States, published in 1977. Okay. Clearly, just go back to that document, February 1977. The McGovern Report, the Dietary Goals of the U.S., told the American public that heart disease, major cancers, diabetes, obesity were due to the meat and the dairy and the egg industry. And the industries fought back, and they changed the dietary goals by the end of 1977. That was one of the major attempts. And then C. Everett Coop in 1985 published the Surgeon General's Report on Nutrition and Health, which was was supposed to be just like Luther Terry's report on smoking and health in 1964. You see, big food saw what happened to big tobacco mm-hmm. with Lucy Terry's report, the Surgeon General's report on smoking and health. They saw how big tobacco you know, almost got shut out of the U.S. People, half the public smoked in 1970. Now fewer than 20% smoke. And big food said, we will not let this happen to us. This happened 
in the late 1970s and the early 1980s. We all knew all this. We tried to fix the U.S. population, and the food companies launched an, an attack to make sure that they didn't have the same outcome as big tobacco. And to date, they have won. But... You know, the possibility is going to change. And I think, you know, we're on the verge of change where big food is going to see their day, just like big tobacco did in this country and big alcohol has. Big food is going to be held accountable, and they're scared, and they should be scared. So in answer to your question, 1977, the Dietary Goals of the United States, 1985, Sierra Coop's report on nutrition and health in the United States clearly laid this out. So how many years ago is that? Like 40 years yes, ago? Yes, it's yes. been 40 years that big food has bought Congress. They bought lobbyists. They passed laws like food disparagement laws. They bought the, uh, the media, including the magazines right. and the newspapers and the radio stations. And yes, they have won to date, but the suffering for not only people, but planet Earth is unsustainable. The livestock industry is among the top pollutants of this entire planet. Uh, you know, it's just absolutely insane. So in answer to your question, yep. Judgment Day is judgment coming. Day is coming I hope good. I have a chance to meet some of your listeners <laughs> who believe differently on stage. Why don't you do a debate? Why don't you bring some of the hotshot doctors and scientists that are listening to this radio show on stage and let's discuss this and how I'm wrong and they're right <laughs> and we should continue to get away with what's killing people, children, adults, the planet, the environment, the animals. Let's just talk about how it's justifiable. Mm-hmm. I love talking to this guy. I absolutely love it. He has a website, www.drmcdougall.com, drmcdougall.com. And all of his stuff on there is absolutely free. He's got reams of information for you there. And I have a feeling, Dr. McDougall, this is one of your ways of fighting back. Am I right? Well, you know, the plain and simple uh, fact is, is I'm 67 years old. I don't really care anymore. Uh, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, not I can trying tell. To I can public. tell you don't care anymore. You know, yeah, I yeah. really don't. Things have <laughs> got to change, and the and, and the liars and the polluters and the cowards have to stand up and answer for what they're doing. And this is not just a matter of a joke. We're talking about 80 percent of the yes. people being fat. Yes. We're talking about half the people dying of heart disease. They're talking about. We're talking about your loved one, your yes. children, your husband, your wife, your community, your planet being destroyed and it can be fixed just stand up and do something about it well, i think you should run for president on the health ticket dr mcdougall surgeon general there okay that, that'll work too that'll work hey too. wouldn't that be fun <laughs> i'd have a 24-hour reign before they assassinated me you know <laughs> well some, some, some would but i'm sure some would just call you blessed i'm sure you know what? i hope you get I, I just hope your listeners are getting angry yes. just get angry at me i don't care <laughs> uh get angry at my enthusiasm tell me i'm not politically correct just get angry. Do something about it. Just don't sit there and smile and watch this go on. If the stakes are too great, do something. Mm-hmm. Dr. John McDougall, our guest today, his website, www.drdrmcdougall.com. Dr. McDougall, it is always a pleasure and it's always exciting to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Listener, our website for CHIP is chiphealth.com. Check it out there. Lots of good resources. That's at chiphealth.com. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. John McDougall inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone.
If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org. 